Welcome back to Rough Day and Showbiz Podcast. I'm Justin Sorvillo. I've got a person here who's really cool, does a lot of stuff, is driven, um, has a very busy life, but still finds time to be creative and act and do everything. And I'm excited to have her. Her name is Corey Leger. She is a multi-passionate actor, creative coach, and mom. As an actor and voiceover artist, she has appeared in many independent films, national commercials, animation, video games, audiobooks, and more. She's also a filmmaker with several short films under her belt and multiple feature scripts in the works. As a creative coach, Corey hosts Your Creative Life that helps multi-passionate actors and storytellers thrive in their artistic careers without sacrificing the well-rounded life they deserve. So here she is. Very happy to have her. Corey Leger. Woo! I feel like I should have some kind of like drum roll and like I, and I run in with like confetti and explosions. And yes, good. That's the feeling I'm trying to evoke, but we have none of that. So that's okay. I, you know, we paint worlds in our heads, right? I just, right. I've right. created it here. Yes, it's, it's well, audiobook. We created it. It happened. I'm glad. I'm glad that was created. Your name is so cool. Leger. I think that's awesome. Is it Thank French? You. Are, is it like a yes. French? Very yeah, cool. French. Excellent. I have a feeling that an accent was lost somewhere along the way during immigration or something. Yes. Yes. Um, it's it's a great name. I, I was gonna say, I was gonna butcher it and say something like Lege or Ledge or I you get know, just, I get all the things. <laughs> yeah. During auditions, I get I, I imagine when they call your name. Lucori Leg. <laughs> yeah. It's Leger. And then they're like, ooh, that's great. Everybody oh, loves it like, when I pronounce it for them. Keep doing that. We like that energy. Keep that up. It's like, cool, um, I'll just keep my name then. Sounds good. <laughs> yeah, right. I'll, that's, hey, just cast me. You can say it a lot. You can see my name a lot. Exactly. And so, all right, so let's get into your rough day in showbiz stories. <laughs> you've, <laughs> you've got, I know you've got three at least. Yeah, so I'm I mean, excited. Everybody has so many stories, right? Like, I feel like we can all think back on a time when something bad has gone wrong. I was actually just writing a, like, writing a blog post about this, about, you know, there have been times on set where their bees have been swarming around the boom and it's thrown our entire schedule off because we literally couldn't record sound because the bee was <laughs> like, oh, this is cool. Like, let me just buzz around this the whole time. Yeah. And there's, you know, all the extremes. Um, but yeah, the first one that I was going to share today, I think I'll just go in chronological order. Perfect. For, you know, my brain's sake. Um, <laughs> these stories. Uh, so, okay. So the first one's a theater story. I do theater on camera voiceover. So awesome. All That's great. Jazz. We haven't had a lot of theater stories, so I'm excited. Great. Um, so I lived in New York City for a long time. So this is a New York City non-union theater experience that to be completely honest, was the start of the end of my theater professional pursuit. Um, <laughs> I'll put it that way. Um, not to say that I won't eventually circle back to theater at some point, maybe, but yeah, it was. Mm, yeah. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Um, I've, I've, yeah. I've had experiences similar, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So, okay. So I'm new to New York City, right? I'm, uh, it was the first year I lived in New York and I'm just super excited to be cast in something. I was a large supporting role in, um, in a new works production that was going to be in an, I forget if it was an off off or an off Broadway theater, but you know, 
a theater in a festival in New York City. And I'm like, this is so cool. Like, I'm just graduated college and I'm already doing the thing and like meeting people like awesome. Well, if you've ever done Newark theater, it's a lot of like workshopping and Mm. the script is constantly changing, uh, which is frustrating when you're trying to memorize lines and they keep like changing the lines on you. But you expect that, right? Like you expect that if you're doing new works, it's a workshop, you're going to be have some kind of turmoil in the script as things go. I thought that would eventually end though. <laughs> like at some point you have to have a, a script that is going to be the script that you perform. Yes. But it didn't. <laughs> it never ended. Uh, oh we, my God. That would be <laughs> ideal for theater because it's live and you can't edit. Right. <laughs> so um, yeah. So the script was constantly changing the whole time, which, you know, If that was the only thing that happened with this production, then fine. It's an annoyance, but like we all work on memorization. It's an exercise and memorizing quickly, whatever. No, this is not the only thing that happened. Um, The director and the stage manager were really good friends and they acted like preteens. They were so dramatic and so overly sensitive about anything that it was like anything and everything could derail rehearsal. Like random shit that had nothing to do with anything related to the show would like, oh, like this person texted me and they were mean and now I'm in tears and we can't, it was, (laughs) I'm not exact, I wish I was exaggerating, I'm not exaggerating. And the best part is they were in their mid fifties, both of them. Like these were not young people who at least had some kind of hormonal justification for what was going on. Like they were supposedly professional and established and had been in the industry for years. And I don't know how anybody could ever work with them more than once. The director was also the script writer. Um, So she was very close to the script, which meant that she didn't want to cut anything. Mm. So all of the edits were like adding things or tweaking things. But we were in a festival, so we had a time limit on our run, and we were running like 20 minutes over our time limit for the festival to the day that we performed. We were running over, and she wouldn't cut anything. And we were like, um, they're going to kick us out of the festival if we keep running over. So the rehearsal process, as much as it was like a nightmare, it was like, okay, you have to like comfort the babies and like (laughs) somehow, I I don't know how, I I somehow adopted the role of like mom on that set, despite being the fact that I was the youngest actor aside from the seven-year-old that was in the show. (laughs) Um, But I had to like take on the role of like nurturer and like try to keep the peace between the director and the stage manager so that we could move forward with things. Keep that in the back of your mind because it comes back later. How old were you? I was 21. <laughs> wow, that's that's yeah, pathetic. 21 or 22, yeah. It was, it was, yeah. On the director's part, yeah, it's just pathetic. That's it was crazy. super pathetic. So there was this one incident right around like, oh, it was Father's Day. I vividly remember that it was Father's Day oh. because my dad passed away like two years prior. So that was, you know, 
it's a rough day when you've lost a parent and that's the day that you're honoring that parent. Absolutely. Um, but I was like being professional and doing my job and at rehearsal. Well, the stage manager was like in tears all rehearsal because I think her boyfriend had been mean to her or something. And she literally was outside of rehearsal on a bench, like crying. Oh. I was like, oh my God, we need to like do the thing. And I had very limited emotional energy for obvious reasons, but I went out there anyway. And I was like, how are you doing? Like, can I do anything for you? Like, do you need a hug? What, like, what can I do to help you like get back into rehearsal? Yeah, not make this entire experience worthless. <laughs> right. And she was just like, everyone is so mean to me. Nobody cares that I'm upset. And like this Ugh. whole, like this whole cast is just so mean and it's falling apart and the director doesn't appreciate me and blah, 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 blah. And I listened to this whole thing and then was just like, I think she just needed to vent, to be honest, because by the time she was done, she was like a little bit more composed. And I was like, great, okay, hug, let's go back in now. Um, I will circle back to that moment. It comes back <laughs> after, after the close. So we get to opening night. The inevitable happens. We run 20 minutes over. The festival threatens to kick us out if mm. it happens again. Fortunately, that night we were the last show to go. So all that happened was that the theater had to stay open a little later. Hmm. But all of our future shows were within the middle of the day. So like us running over would have affected another performance start time. Disaster. So they were like, you can't do that again. Like you cannot do that again. Well, I guess there was kind of a blessing in disguise because that night the stage manager quit. Oh, During the run. During the run, she quit. Oh. She was also an actor in the show. Savage. So, yeah, and our next performance was the next day. So we were like, oh. Uh, she was the comedic relief in an otherwise quite dramatic drama. So we just cut her part completely, which took care of us running over, but also made the show incredibly depressing because oh. it's like about a dying parent and like the AIDS epidemic. Oh. Um, yeah. So it was a very suddenly very tragically dark show with no comedic relief at all. Fortunately, there was an adorable child in it. So that helped a tiny bit. And our director took over stage management role position. I guess. I don't know. Okay. Uh, we make it through the run somehow, miraculously, because honestly, we had a great cast. And that's the only reason it worked was like the cast held that show together. It never would have happened if it was left to management, if you will. To right, yeah. <laughs> but Ugh. we never got paid. It was supposed to be a paid production. <gasps> never saw a dime. The director what? reached out to me afterwards and was like, I have a gift for you. And I was like, is it my money? And she was like, no, it's a spiritual token. I was like, I don't want it. Oh. When you pay me what I was, what I'm due, then you can send me whatever other woo-woo weirdo gift you want to send me. <laughs> but I have no interest. Sorry, I don't really ever want to talk to you again. Yep. I never had any contact after the stage manager quit with her until I think it was two years later, I ran into her at a, at a networking event. And to be honest, I, I think it was horrible that she quit and like threw the entire cast out 
like to fend for ourselves. But there's a little part of me that understood why she did because yeah. the director was so psychotic and, oh, and yeah. abusive, frankly. She completely ignores me during the networking event, like completely ignores me. And I said, I was like, oh, hi, like, how have you been? I saw you were on, I, I forget which, like Law and Order or Blue Bloods or something. I was like, I saw that you were on that show. Like, congratulations. I hope it went well ignored me like oh. barely acknowledged my presence through the whole networking event and I was like okay whatever like no love lost there but at the end of the event she pulls me aside and she's like I really need to talk to you like, oh my god the drama starts all over again we're two years oh out my god from this. how old are you I'm back in Newark theater oh. for real it was ugh. she goes on to tell me that she doesn't know why I was nice to her because I was so horrible to her through the entire rehearsal process. She's like, I don't know why, like you pretended to be nice to me. I don't know if you're trying to like manipulate me into getting contacts for like the show that I was on. I was like, what? Like, no, are you what? kidding? <laughs> and, and she brings up Father's Day. She goes, yeah, like on that day when I was super upset, nobody cared except for another actor who came outside and sat with me on a bench and like comforted me. I was like, oh my God, bitch, that was fucking me. Like, are you <laughs> kidding me? Are you kidding me? I, oh. I couldn't. I, she was, it was the biggest gaslight that I have ever yes. experienced. And like, thank goodness I am so confident in my memory of everything to know that like she is so wrong <laughs> and it was so not how that went down but I was just like okay you're crazy like never talking to you again so yeah. bye the fact that she was holding on to that grudge for two years first of all that was completely inaccurate like completely misremembered what happened yeah and then I felt like she needed to confront me about it at some networking event two years later. I was like, wow, you have, you have problems, but oh my good God. for you, I guess. Have yeah. fun. Yeah, definitely trying that. to steal your contacts so I can get on Blue Bloods. <laughs> Blue, like, that's about cops, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Cause that'll it, hold up by 2022 for sure, that show, right? <laughs> and don't get <laughs> me wrong. <laughs> Getting I'd political. Love to be a <laughs> dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> I mean, don't get me wrong. Being on Blue Bloods would like totally make my grandmother so happy because she's <laughs> a huge Tom Selleck fan. Right, right, But right. like, I know the casting directors who cast that show and like, I don't, I don't need you to, first of all, you were a co-star on that. Like you didn't, you had the tiny, yeah. tiny role on that. I don't think, I know lots of other people who have had much bigger roles on other shows. Like I don't, I don't need you to yeah. do that. Why would I do that? Yeah, don't you don't, like you don't you. have the contacts for me to steal, it, right. it appears. Exactly. After having worked with her, why would I ever want her to be my con like my my person of referral? I would never want to be yeah, associated yeah. with her with right. anybody professionally. <laughs> so right, yeah. And yeah, also the gaslighting. What the fuck? No. What the fuck? I, I left that shaking, like not. From being, I was just so mad and also like, seriously? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't know. Psycho's book work, you know? Yes, psycho's so. book work. That's all I can say. Like, you can not be a psycho in book work, but psychos will book work. Yeah. 
Yeah. But once. They'll book once. work yeah. once with once. someone. They won't be the person that like gets called back because they were easy to work with. No. No. This is why you need friends around you and people who care about you. Because it's like when you're working, that's already gone because you got that out with your friends or therapy, you know, therapist. Yes. This is why mental health is important so that you're not crying on a bench holding up the entire production of something. And also it's fucking hard to direct. Yeah. It's hard. And people think it's going to be easy. And I'm like, no, people go to college for this. People are in student debt right now because they learned how to direct. Yep. Because it's hard. It's a skill. It's a skill. Just like acting is. I've had yeah. people be like, why is acting creative? You're just reading lines off a of paper. And I'm like, oh, yeah, go try. <laughs> it's that easy. That's all we do. Right. I, I wish have... it, I wish that's all we had to do. That'd be nice. <laughs> I mean, I think voiceover is can be like that, but even that, it's you're never just reading lines off a page. It's not that, absolutely not. No. Oh my no. god. Even I, I mean, I know my husband's in post production, so I know kind of the back end of some things too. And I've heard some companies that try to skimp on voiceover, and they just like have their assistant read it or like somebody in the office. It's so bad. It's so bad because that's what they're doing. They're just reading lines off a of paper. So it sounds like they're reading and there's no inflection or it's over exaggerated and yeah. like every word is emphasized and they <laughs> don't know how to handle pr like punctuation. It's just like, this is why actors and voiceover artists are really important. Yeah. Yeah. We are. Whether you like us or not, <laughs> you need us. Thank you for coming to my TED talk. <laughs> So, wow, what a story. And so let, let's go into your, your next one. Theater yeah. story first, and then the next one, I don't know. Well, we'll see. I, can, I can do a tiny little, if we want to do three, I have a tiny little follow-up theater story, which was my very next theater production, which was <laughs> icing on top of the cake. It's very it's... short because it didn't actually happen. No, um, the nightmare continues. <laughs> so I'm not exaggerating. Literally, the next theater performance that I was cast in was also a New Works production. Um, and I was like, oh, God, what am I getting myself into? But I, I loved the script, like, as it was already. It was so beautiful. It was so rich. My character was the lead female role. It was really complicated and nuanced. I'm like, this is great. I want to be, like in touch with this writer and I liked the director a lot too and the audition process was so like meaty and we dug deep and it was awesome mm. so this is going to be great like I love everybody that's involved in this process so far no red flags my mistake <laughs> um so we go to the writer's house because locations are expensive and we were just doing a read through. So everybody was like sitting in the writer's living room and reading the script. And it was really fun. It was like a bunch of group of people getting together, reading a script that went so well. Like the oh. first reading of the script went so well. Everybody got along. The story flowed. It felt really grounded already. We're like, great. This doesn't even need that many edits. It was hitting on timing. Like everything seemed great. Then I didn't hear anything for four weeks. Oh. And I was like, um, what's going on? Like, when are we starting rehearsal? Because, you know, the original casting was a few months out from performance, but I figured they wanted some time to tweak the script before we got into 
you know, got into rehearsal, but then it was like, we're getting really close to like the dates and we haven't even gotten a rehearsal schedule or anything. Finally find out that the night of the script reading, the director quit because he and the writer got into like a super heated argument and it went to like really complicated places. The writer was a woman, the director was a male. There was accusations of like, you know, misogyny and and patriarchy issues and all of the things. Oh man. (laughs) Honestly, I don't, I don't know. I don't have a side in this because I actually like maintained a relationship with both the writer and the director. And I like both of them, but Mm. something happened and their relationship like imploded. So what was happening was behind the scenes without telling any of us, the writer was frantically looking for a new director. She finally ended up finding somebody. That person I think was having a huge power trip and didn't like the fact that the show was already cast. So they ended up releasing a rehearsal schedule that completely ignored the two days of conflicts in two months that I had, which were weekend days, because I was on a film set. And I was like, so I emailed back and I was like, um, like, this looks great. I just, you know, I had written on my audition that I had these two conflicts for just these two days. Like, can we work with that? And they were like, no you need to cancel. And I was like, well, I'm not going to because I already committed to that other thing. And they were like, okay, then we're going to have to recast you. And I was like, (sighs) okay, bye. Like it was very, it happened to three other actors in the show. It was very clear to me that this director was just trying to eliminate the original cast so that they could cast themselves and the writer reached out to me in tears she was like I'm so sorry that happened like I don't know what to do and I'm like it's your production like you couldn't fix this but you're not anyway so that was literally my next theater production and that was the last one I auditioned for I was like I'm not doing this anymore like I like film and voiceover and I'm gonna focus on those things for a while yeah good yeah. <laughs> what is with these fucking toxic people continuing to get hired? Yeah. But hey, I don't know. I hope that director, the second psycho director, is not still working. I do too. I hope they're not still working. And if they hear this, fuck you. You shouldn't be an <laughs> asshole. Because right? people will go on a podcast like this and talk some <laughs> shit about you, baby. Don't be that person. Don't be that person. We remember, baby. It's, <laughs> it's nice to be nice. It's hard to be nice sometimes, but it's it's nice to be nice, baby. So you've got another story, a third story, or did, it was three, right? I thought it was three, but I'm not, I wasn't sure. I had two concrete ones, but that middle one wasn't one of them. So the that was a good one, one, though. Thank you. And they kind of feed together. I always think of those two as as one story. Because yeah, I mean the theater so- nightmare. It's like separate. Right. You know, it's like it's like the epilogue that still sucks. the story is is still sad (laughs) it just continues to go downhill yeah so yeah so my other story is audiobook related um Ah. yes totally different medium totally different types of people that you're working with so I do a lot of like indie audiobooks so indie authors who have self-published and are just reaching out to um voiceover artists directly not going through a publisher or anything 
Um, and I'm not doing so much of it anymore just because I'm busy with other projects. But when I was at the height of like pursuing audiobook stuff, um, I would reach out to indie authors who I, you know, I would look at their books and see that they didn't have an audiobook and reach out to them and be like, hey, are you interested in doing an audiobook? I think I'd be a great fit for blah, 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 blah. Oh, cool. Um, yeah, it's a nice way of like getting, you know, having some ownership in a career that can feel like you don't have a lot of ownership. So that yeah. was why I was pursuing a lot of audiobooks. Now I kind of just take the jobs that come to me from past marketing. I'm working on one right now with an author who this is my fourth book that I've done with her. So oh. it's nice to work with people that you know you like. <laughs> and yeah. you're not like dealing with crazies. Oh, it's nice. Yes. Mm -hmm. Anyway, so I reached out to this. It was actually an, a writing pair. They, they wrote a book together. Um, I loved the book, especially from an indie standpoint. It was like really well written. It flowed really nicely. The main character was a teenage girl, which I don't know if you can tell, but I have kind of a high pitched voice. So that's my niche is like ah. that area, YA kind of sphere, um, YA and YA memoir. But anyway, so I reached out to them. I was, I thought I was a good fit. They agreed. We went into a contract. All things were hunky dory. Everything was going great. And then the pandemic hit. And I hadn't gotten that far into narrating their book. I was about an hour of finished audio into the book. So what that means is I had read the book, annotated the book, like done character analysis. And then I had recorded a full audio, a full hour of audio. So it was like several chapters or something. Wow. And they had approved all of it. You have to approve the first like 15 minutes of an audiobook in order to actually get into contract hmm. through the platform that I use. Um, so they loved everything. But the pandemic hit and everybody was having financial troubles. So I, doing what I thought was really kind, to be honest, reached out to them and was like, hey, I know that this has resulted in a lot of hardship for a lot of people. So I want to touch base with you and see if you want me to continue or if you'd like to put this on pause until things kind of settle down and, and you know, you figure out what's going on. Because I don't know their financial situation and I didn't want to make assumptions that they could continue with this project right now. And they were like, oh my God, thank you so much. Like, actually, yes, I just lost my job. So let's put this on pause and we'll touch base soon. I was like, no problem. Obviously, I want to continue because I'm also out of work and this is income for me. Yeah. But I could manage and I wanted to do the right thing. So we paused the project. This is, you know, March 2020. Every few months, I reach back out to them just being like, hey, checking in. I'm ready to continue. But if you're not, no pressure. Just let me know. Just checking in to see how things are going. And they keep pushing it back. Thank you for understanding. Like, you know, things are still rough right now. Can we keep pausing? Okay, no problem. No problem. Finally, we get to June 2020 and I'm moving out of my apartment. So I reach out to them and I tell them, I'm like, hey, I'm moving at the end of the month. So we have two options. I can either finish recording the audiobook in this space or we can continue to pause, but it means I'm going to have to re-record the first chapter or the first hour that I've already narrated, just because you have to narrate in the same space. It sounds 
weird if yeah. you record in different spaces. Um, so those are the two options. And, and if you decide to go with option two, all I ask is that you compensate me for that one hour of audio I've already that I'll have to re-record. And they were like, yeah, absolutely. No problem. Let's keep pausing. And they sent me the one hour of audio payment. And I was like, great. Wow. So we keep pausing, keep pausing, keep pausing. Meanwhile, I'm pregnant. So I, I kind of keep touching base with them throughout the time period. And then I'm like, eventually we get to a time where it's kind of like, you got to do it now or it has to wait until after I have a baby. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I told them that and they were like, you know, we're still not ready. So like, we'll touch base with you in the new year. And I'm like, okay, great. My son was born in December. Oh, touched- hey, Sagittarius. Yeah. <laughs> Me too. Um, you too? When's mm-hmm. your birthday? December 6th. He's the seventh. What? Yeah. What? He should have been the sixth. He was stubborn. <clears throat> he was stubborn. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Sagittarius are the best. He is he's pretty great. I can't argue with that. Um, anyway, so my son's born in December. I reached back out to them. I think it was January or February, just being like, hey, you know, like checking in. We ready to go yet? What are you thinking? And they're like, actually, you know what? We don't want to do an audiobook anymore. It's not a good time for us. We don't have time to promote it. And thank you so much. If we ever decide to do an audiobook, you're definitely our girl, but like, we're not going to do this right now. And I was like, cool. <sighs> so I was like, I'm going to be professional here. We have a contract that states what the termination terms are. If Mm. they terminate, they have to pay me a certain amount of money in relation to the amount of audio that I should have recorded because I was under a royalty and per finished hour Mm. agreement, which means like I would have gotten a cut of the royalty. And because of that, I was working under a lower per finished hour rate because basically it's kind of like I get some upfront and then I get more as the book sells. I'm not going to get anything if the book doesn't sell because they never finish it and they never go on Mm. to promote it. Um, So I, I spell out the contract for them. I'm like, okay, if you want to terminate, like this is the compensation that I'm due. And these are the steps on how to terminate the, the agreement. They lost it. They were like, we already paid you for the one hour of audio you recorded and blah, 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 blah. You didn't even do anything for this project. And you're the reason it kept getting postponed. And then you went and had a baby and we lost all the possible revenue from sales that we could have had if it was finished on time on the original due date. What? They, they threatened to counter sue me under the assumption. First of all, I never said I was going to sue them, but they were like, we're going <laughs> to counter sue you. It's like, dude, <laughs> much. Uh, they somehow twisted everything that happened into me asking them to postpone because I was having a baby and moving. And I was yeah. like, no, no, no. And it was so, <laughs> they were so adamant though. And so convincing that I went back to the emails. Cause I was like, is there any possible way they could have misunderstood what I was saying? 
I could not have been more clear. I said in multiple emails, I am ready to record, but I understand that it's a hard time for some people. So if you need to postpone, just let me know. I, in every single email, I was crystal clear. I was ready to go. Right. But I wanted to do what was best for them. Right. They didn't I, have to do that. No, no. You didn't delay and It's their fucking book. Right, right. And the fact that they also could not conceptualize the fact that I had put hours and hours and hours of work into this book because I read the entire thing, annotated the entire thing, did character analysis for all of the characters, and then started recording. So it's not like I spent an hour. They kept implying that I had worked an hour. Like, no. 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 <laughs> no, not- you, you, you recorded an hour. Right. The work, yeah. Yeah, the, the the amount of work that goes into audiobooks. That's why I want, I'm like, because I don't read that often. I don't know if it's obvious. It's not obvious, right? It's not obvious to people no. listening. Uh, it, it's probably obvious, but I, I don't. Um, it's it's a lot of it. I mean, I, I can't imagine you know thinking of every character and how you're going to do that. And um, I mean, even just a one page voiceover, I go. It's like so much to do. So yeah. a whole book and and a whole. I mean, just I mean, recording for an hour even. That's right. daunting to me. That's that's staggering to me. Yeah. So yeah, you did. It takes a lot, and they hired you, so they liked you, which means you were good, and you did a lot of work. So they liked me. They approved all of the chapters I had already recorded, and they kept saying how I was the perfect voice for this book, and how they just they loved me, and they they were also so congratulatory to me when I like told them I was pregnant and all the things. They were like so they were so nice, and it flipped on a dime. Yeah. Like so fast. I was whiplash to be completely honest. I was like, what just happened? And who am I now talking to? Wow. And they were like, we have friends in New York and we're going to sue you and blah, blah, blah. (laughs) I was like, dude, and they were like, I'd like to see you. What were you saying? Sorry. They were like, I'd like to see you try to sue us. And like, if you do like, oh, we're going to drown you in legal fees and blah, blah, blah. I was like, oh, I never said I was suing you. All I did was spell out the terms of the contract that we agreed to. You signed it too. Man, I really hope that was just like COVID fatigue. Like, I mm-hmm. hope it was, I think, I don't know. I, think, I don't know if that's, there's like a term for it, COVID fatigue, where we were yeah. in lockdown, we were just going nuts. I hope it's just that. Right. Um, Cause that's insane. You have friends in New York. <laughs> I have family in New York. Right. And I mean the mafia, bitch. No. (laughs) (laughs) Honestly, sometimes in their emails, it sounded like that's what they were referring to. Yeah, like, oh, you, so you know people and what does that mean? Like, I mean, there are law firms everywhere. Like, what what is that? You're (laughs) going, you're losing your mind. Like what's, you know, you should have, you should have thought about what you said in this email to threaten me and and made it more clear as to what you were saying. Cause you sound ridiculous now. They also kept being like, we have the emails. I'm like, I do too. Go read them. Yeah. <laughs> show me where I kept, I actually did say this to them. I was like, show me where in the emails I said any of the things you're accusing me of. And they didn't, they couldn't, they just avoided the question and like kept going. Mike, bitch, I was in right. debate club. Try me. <laughs> <laughs> I should oh have my. been a lawyer in a second life. Yeah. So it did eventually kind of resolve. Um, I ended up getting compensated like half of what I should have been compensated based on the terms of the contract, but like, at least it was something. And we 
parted ways. And again, they flipped on a dime as soon as we finally came to the agreement. And they were like, we really did think you were like the best voice for this book. And if we ever met in person, I think we'd get along really well. And congratulations on your baby and new motherhood and blah, blah, blah. I was like, I have no interest in ever speaking to you again, let alone meeting you in person. And you're never, ever going to talk about my baby again. Yeah. Goodbye. You are not coming near my child person. Right. right. Yeah. Who was a month old at this point, by the way, one month. And these were both mothers. No empathy. None. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, I'm just, I think this is why um, everyone's quitting their jobs. That's all. That's all I'm going to yeah. say about that. That's, this is why we hate everything now, guys. <laughs> this is why we, want, we don't want to work for you anymore, guys. Well, that's the nice thing about being a freelancer is I can choose who I work with. So yeah. Yeah. I don't have to work with you. You're a client and you're a pain in the ass. I can say bye. I can walk away. And that's yeah. beautiful. Oh my God. Yeah. I mean, the, the world of audiobooks, I, cause I was, I, I remember looking up audiobooks and there were like to do, and there was one where it was like the complete A through Z glossary guide of drill bits. We'll pay a hundred dollars. <laughs> and it's like 20 pages. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm like, is that bad? Is that? That's oh, good. Oh, okay. <laughs> you, <laughs> you look very sympathetic towards me right now. <laughs> I didn't. I mean, do unless it. you're getting a royalty on top of it. Uh, probably not. I mean, I don't know. You think that would sell a lot? <laughs> you know, it's funny though. Some of the books that I thought I was like, I'm doing this for experience and nothing else, are the ones that I'm still getting royalties from, like three oh. years later. And I'm like, why are people buying this? I don't know. I that don't guy know, who but... goes to the hardware store is a big market. Apparently. Wow. What do you have coming up for projects and stuff like that? Yeah. Um, so, you know, I'm focusing a lot on the community right now and we're doing the artist's way. And then as far as acting is concerned, I'm, I'm recording an audiobook right now, ironically. But like I said, with an author that I've narrated three books with already. So I like her and we get along really well. And there's going to be no drama with that. Um, and then I'm also working on writing three feature scripts right now like Holy three crap. different scripts with um my husband's also my creative partner we write and direct together so wow. we're working on that and we have a short film that we wanted to shoot last summer but having an infant kind of made that a little bit more yes. challenging than we were anticipating so the ultimate short film <laughs> an infant <laughs> <laughs> exactly um so we have the script like ready to go we just kind of need to put the wheels in motion and find find the co-star and the the right time to do it I'll, I'll be in it and then there will be another actor um and it's a one take we, we're trying to do it for this one take challenge that oh. was coming up and we missed that deadline so we're gonna try to make this year's deadline with it but oh, that yeah. should be fun and then a video game that I was a principal character in is supposed to be released next month so Ooh. can't say what it is but um you know fingers crossed that that comes out can't say what it is. Ooh, I bet it's, but, is it on, is it on like a gaming? Yeah. Oh, yep. Congratulations. That's awesome. Thank you. And so how can people follow you on social media? Sure. Um, yeah, I'm mostly on Instagram. So I'm at creating with Corey. Um, 
my spelling for my name is C-O-R-R-I-E. It's like a weird spelling for Corey. So if you're typing it in, creating with Corey. Um, and then my website is uh, CoreyLeger.com. So feel free to reach out to me on either of those platforms. And yeah, I'd love to connect with anyone. Thank you so much for being on here. This was so fun. Thank you for having me. I This was awesome. I have to say the first time I listened to like, I binged several episodes, not going to lie. Thank you. Was, I appreciate that. It was so validating. I love this platform because it, it's so easy to talk about like all of the awesome things or inspiring things or, you know, it, it was validating to know that I'm not the only one who has horror stories and to, and to know that that doesn't make, it's not me. It's not my fault that like we've got these horror stories. So for anybody else out there, like, I hope that it's been validating because I know that it was for me. So thank you for making oh, this platform. That makes me so happy. Thank you for saying that. That That is the point. Honestly, that is exactly why I have this because it's always like, we're so positive. Everything is great. I'm booking work all the time. But <laughs> uh, in between that, there's a lot of nothing. Right. And frustration. And and so, yeah, we should talk about all of it. Um, yeah. So yes, thank you. That That's validating for me. I really appreciate that. I really appreciate that. Um, and so, yeah, thank you so much for being on. Thank you. This was lovely. Corey Leger. Woo! Yeah, she bows. <laughs> <laughs>